This is Revel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. My guest today is raw food coach, motivational speaker, and writer, Philip McCluskey. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's rare that I have somebody in the studio, so it's really cool. I get to actually go face-to-face with somebody. Yes. Awesome. Okay, for timeline clarity, today is July 1st, 2008, so don't be confused by events mentioned on this program. Philip, you're you're a rarity on my show. Usually I have somebody who's got a book I can push or something else. But I understand you used to weigh 400 pounds. Yes, 400 pounds, um, two years ago, actually, to be exact. And uh, that's pretty much when I started this this raw food journey. Um, I had been pretty much overweight my entire life. Um, easily the biggest kid in every single class I've ever been in, whether it was elementary or junior high school, high school, college. Um, I always, I just kind of went through all the different stages of being the cute, chubby kid to being uh, overweight, to being obese, to being morbidly obese, until finally one day I stepped on the scale and I saw the needle hit 400. And it was uh, a very scary time in my life, and I realized that something had to change at that moment. How old were you? Um, I was 29 uh, when when I hit the 400 mark. So what kind of food program were you on as a kid? What did, what did you eat? Um, when I grew up, I, actually my mom didn't have any sugar in the house. She didn't have any salt in the house. She rarely bought any kind of junk food. I just ate a lot of quantity. Um, I would eat – I was always the fastest person that ate in any gathering. So I would finish my meal before people were halfway done their meal. And then I'd go back for seconds at the same time they were finishing their first meal. And then if they were going back for seconds, I'd be going back for thirds at that time. So I was I was really into a lot of mass and just high-quantity food. And then, of course, later on as I grew up and I had my own money and I had my own car and I was a teenager and stuff like that, um, I found myself you know, in different social environments. And, and I was always at McDonald's and doing a lot of the fast food and pizzas and calzones and Chinese food. And then later on, you know, becoming more of an adult and into the work world, uh, it just really you switched to a lot of eating out, um, ordering food, ordering whole meals, just big giant things of pasta, and uh, very, very unhealthy, and rarely would I have any kind of lettuce or salads or anything of that, of that type. So as an adult, before you hit 29, did you ever think about any diet or how to eliminate excess weight or anything of that nature? I had done pretty much every diet known. Um, I, I had tried 30 different diets, you know, from all the regular ones that, you know, from Weight Watchers type things and and Atkins to um, even some alternative stuff, you know, uh, hypnotism and guided imagery and, you know, even practical stuff, going to the gym, different gyms, weight trainers, some of these things I had did, you know, three, four, five times uh, at different places and different times in my life, and nothing really worked. I even went vegetarian. I even went vegan once, and uh, none of it really just resonated with me at the time, basically until the point where I thought that there was nothing else that I could do, and I had heard this thing about gastric bypass surgery, so I kind of thought that that was my only option. That's what the media was pushing. Here I am weighing this much. So I started to go through all the different tests and procedures to satisfy my insurance company. I literally had to go through a month of tests 
of checking every single thing possible, um, you know, checking my lungs, checking my heart, doing an overnight sleep study until they finally approved me. And they said at the last moment, they said, now you can have this surgery, this invasive surgery. And, uh, you know, I was, I was put to this position where, you know, I had to make a choice. And at the very last moment before I actually went ahead and did this, something inside me said, don't do it, that there's one other option that you must have missed. And I had no idea what that was. I didn't even know what it was. But I just was listening to this still small voice. And so I started doing some research, which is pretty much how I came across raw foods. And so did you just embrace that immediately or did you kind of go into it, leave it, go into it, leave it? Well, it, it's a funny story. I mean, it kind of, there was sort of a catalyst for it. I went to... Um, I went to visit a friend in Germany, and one of the things that I noticed there was there wasn't very many overweight people except, you know, the occasional American tourist. And, you know, people did things differently. The foods were a little bit more whole foods and less ingredients, and nobody had microwaves, and people were exercising. And so it was kind of a, kind of a culture shock to me in a sense. And so it was kind of a wake-up call. And when I came home, I said, you know, there's got to be something I'm missing. And so I, I happened to have this book on fasting, and it mentioned something about raw. So I, I remember doing a Google search and finding uh, Victoria Botanko's book, Raw Family. And I just read about four people that had overcome their disease. And I just said to myself, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. So literally, and one day, I was literally having a Thanksgiving-sized meal per meal, generally fast food, and I switched overnight to 100% raw vegan lifestyle, and I haven't been off a day since. Wow. I'm impressed. How did you – what did you eat that first day? <laughs> first day. Um, I, I totally ignored what everyone said. You know, somebody, Everyone would say, okay, you have to eat low fats, and you have to eat this, and you have to eat that. And I just said to myself – the only thing that I'm really going to be concerned about is staying on it. I don't want to have to worry about the rules. I don't want to have to worry about the programs. Even in the raw food world, I'd, I'd gone out and bought 30 books, and I had read all of them. And I, I remember one guru said, you know, juice, do juices. One said, do smoothies. One said, you have to have 50% superfoods. The other one said, you have to be a fruitarian. And the other one said, you have to do natural hygiene. And it was just so confusing. So I said to myself, I just want to stay on this. And that's the only thing that's important to me. So when I went on it, I had really high fats. So, you know, some people say, you know, you're only supposed to have three avocados a week. Well, I was having three a day. And other people would say, you know, you only, you only want to have like one handful of nuts a day. And I was having 10 handfuls of nuts. So I was making these monster-sized salads. Like I always, I always think it's funny, like when you go to a restaurant, it's sort of family style and there's six people around the table and they put a salad down for everybody. That's what I was having for lunch. That's what I was having for dinner with fruit for breakfast. So that, that's one of the things I hear a lot is people who are used to eating a lot, when they start eating raw, they still eat a lot and it scares them. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it was just, just something that you needed to do just to stay raw and really experience it in depth. You know, I knew, somehow I knew that it would change. And I don't know why, because I've never, in the past, I never went without finishing a meal. Even if I was so stuffed, I'd force it down until it hurt. And, and I just didn't believe in throwing away food. But for some reason, when I went into this, I knew that that part wasn't so important this time. So I just would make these giant salads. And then all of a sudden, after a month or two, I noticed that 25% of the salad was left over. 
And I thought to myself, well, that's that's strange. <laughs> I've never not finished a meal before.、Um, and so then I said, well, you know, I don't want to be wasteful. So the next time I made my salad a little smaller. And then, sure enough, a few months went by, and and there'd be some left over. And then it was smaller and smaller.、And、then I started to notice I didn't feel so good when I was having ten handfuls of nuts a day, and six different kinds of nuts and seeds in every single salad. And so I just intuitively started to cut that down. And there'd be days that I'd go without having an avocado or even thinking about it. And before, like that was like a hard fast religion. I wouldn't even have a salad unless I had avocados in there. So I think my body was just starting to get even some of the healthy fats that it needed for the first time of its life. In its life, instead of eating all these empty calories, and it started to adjust and I adjust by itself naturally. And I just didn't put my attention on that as much as I did with I knew the importance of staying 100% raw was going to be for me anyway more important than any other factor. And I knew that my body would adjust and change naturally. Were you concerned at all about organic versus non? In the beginning, I heard a lot about organic. You know, before this change, I mean, the most I had was iceberg lettuce. I, I didn't have any kind of vegetables,、um, and if I had cauliflower, it'd have to have like mayonnaise or something crazy on it.、Um, but I wasn't, I, you know, I was just I wasn't conscious about the idea of this. So when I made the switch and I made the change,、um, I heard about organic, but I, I didn't know too much about it. So I just kind of kept it simple. I did all pretty much conventional, and then. As times went by, I realized, and I educated myself even more, and started to find out some of the the importance of you know eating an organic lifestyle, not just for our health, but just for、uh, you know to protect the land and some different things like that, and actually what's going on. And so that became more important to me. So then I eventually switched to、um, you know pretty much almost a hundred percent organic produce lifestyle now. All right, perfect timing.、Uh, we'll be back with Phil McCluskey in a moment. Hi, and welcome back to Rockin' Radio. Please take time to check out my websites, Revelations.com, where you can sign up for my weekly Revelations. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook, Ten Most Asked Questions About Raw Foods. Find out about my teleclasses and my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, and also books and products I recommend and more. To find my podcast, including this one, you can go to Revel.com, and that's with two V's and two L's. MySpace.com/slash/RockinRadio is available for friendship, good friends only, and CafePress.com/slash/Revelations, where I have some pretty cool ver-、uh, t-shirts, mugs. Miscellaneous other things. My guest today is raw food coach, motivational speaker, and writer Philip McCluskey. You can find his website at lovingraw.com. That's one word: lovingraw.com. Now we were talking about Phil, who went from two hundred or four hundred pounds down to two hundred pounds in two years. And there's a couple things I'm sure people are asking: Were you on any kind of drugs for? Diabetes or heart or cholesterol or anything like that before you went raw. You know, I was really blessed to not have experienced anything to that extent. I, you know, to be honest, I was quite surprised that I didn't get diabetes. My my father had it and my sister had it, and and、um, I definitely was at the point where something like that would come up generally in most people's lives. But、um, I had some different other things going on. So I, to answer your question, I had no medication that I was taking,、um, but I did have. Serious,、uh, you know, acid reflux problems. I was having 
immense joint problems in my knees constantly. My back was always in pain, always out of breath. I couldn't walk one flight of stairs without having to stop, sit down, relax, literally would be sweating. Um, being outside in the sun wasn't even an option just because I would be so hot and sweating so fast and just would feel, feel terrible. Um, but, um, yeah, I was, I was blessed to not have to really be on any medication. Um, I think at one point they wanted to give me something for the acid reflux and it just didn't even seem like it was something that would work. And and I remember I just, I just decided not to take it. So I, I think the only thing I was really probably pumping at that time was either Tylenol or Advil if uh, just working with some back or knee pains. And and I stopped that immediately when I went raw. It's interesting. They want to give you something for acid reflux instead of getting you, uh, you know, eliminating excess weight, which is the problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Detox. Did you go through a detoxification or two or three or more? That's that's the funny thing. Most people usually ask me that right off because um, they say, you know, overnight 100% raw and 400 pounds and eating that type of food. But I think because I switched and had such a high-fat diet, when I switched with the avocados and the nuts, I really slowed down or just delayed detox, and it became um, um, almost a non-existent process. I think I remember one time having a little bit of red splotches underneath my eye, but they literally lasted for a week, and they were gone. But other than that, I was... There could have been maybe, but I don't even remember them. I think I was so ecstatic about the idea that I was losing weight at such a fast rate. Um, I I remember going to um, the hospital to weigh myself basically because there wasn't any scales that would weigh. Even at my doctor's office, the scale only went up to 350 and I was 400 pounds. So I had to go to the hospital and there was a special scale there and I remember stepping on it. And I felt like I hadn't even done anything, like the whole process of switching to raw was easy. And I looked down at the scale, and it was somewhere around 350, and I realized I lost 50 pounds virtually effortlessly. Hadn't even included any exercise at this point, um, not even for the first 100 pounds. And the weight was just coming off so rapidly. How long did it take to lose 50 pounds? I think the 50 pounds came off in, you know, I want to say three and a half months. Um and, you know, again, with no exercise. And then after the first year was a full 100 pounds and still with no exercise. Not that I not that I would recommend that, but I just wasn't in a space right then. And I just had to focus and concentrate on one thing, and that was just changing my lifestyle. And then as I lost the weight and became a little bit more agile and able to move around and felt like I had kind of captured the raw lifestyle a little bit in the sense that it was really flowing easily with me, I switched into more of an exercise program. Yeah, I've always wondered that. Well, not always wondered it, but I have wondered that because I've never been more than like 25 pounds overweight. And I can't imagine when you're carrying an extra 200 pounds how difficult it must be to just get around. Yeah. Every single thing in your life is a challenge. Um, You know, obviously just getting out of bed, getting out of a chair, moving. Um, I always, you know, I remember thinking about it because one day I went to the gym and um, they had two 50-pound dumbbells there. And I remember picking them up and say, wow, you know, these are, these are pretty heavy. And I said, wow, I had two of those in each hand. And, and, I, and I started to actually think about all the different comparisons. And it's like, you know, the average big guy in a gym, muscular, that eats a lot of food, you know, maybe might be 200 pounds. And literally I had somebody like that strapped on my back wherever I was going, when I walked up the stairs, when I bent over to tie my shoes, anything I did, I had this type of weight on me. And 
everything became a challenge. I mean, even before I would sit down in a chair, I would have to, my mind would already be calculating if that chair could hold me or not. Um, when I, everything, uh, going into the movie theaters, the seats weren't big enough for me and they would literally cut into the sides of my legs to the, so I'd be sitting there watching the movie in pain because they, because the seats aren't made big enough. And, uh, airlines were like not even really an option. I had, I did go once and I rented two seats in the airline and I had to pay for two tickets, um, just so I could sit there. And it was the most uncomfortable thing ever, but it was something that I had to do at the time. And so, so many of these things affect your life. Like somebody who's generally, you know, been trim all, like, like you mentioned, trim all your life. I literally, I, I, my weight came to play sometime in my mind without exaggeration, maybe 250 times a day, you know, Mm -hmm. something, whether it was the clothes I was wearing, whether it was sitting down, moving, twisting, you know, going to the bathroom, tying your shoes, putting your socks on, every single thing came to play when, when you're that size. Were you outgoing at that time? Um, I've I've always kind of been fairly outgoing um, and enjoy laughing and comedy. And I think what I would do is is make jokes about certain things. But inside, there was definitely an unhappiness and, and a real depression and sadness. Um, so much of my life was very secretive in a sense that when you're that way, you kind of don't want to be seen so much. You just kind of want to hide. I went into like a movie hibernation stage. And I mean, there was times where I just sit down and watch 12 hours of movies on Saturday, 12 hours on Sunday. And, you know, same thing after work at night during the week and just maybe four or five hours just straight, you know, and uh, didn't want to go out, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to see anybody. But when I did, I had a good time with some of my close friends. But overall, it was kind of a very, you know, closed off life. And that's one of the amazing things that I found it was a transformation switching to raw foods is I was so tired of living that life that I wanted every single thing in my life to be transparent. And I didn't want to have to hide one thing anymore. And I was willing to say or talk about anything, including all the sore spots and all the wounds that might have been there and the hurts from the past, um, which is why I decided to do some blogging and online site and writing and stuff like that, um, because I wanted to share it. And, and I knew that there'd be somebody out there that would be able to benefit from it. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people going to be able to benefit from that and also from this. You mentioned blogging and writing, and I know you're on welikeitraw.com, and give it to me, raw.com, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, I met this amazing guy named Jermil, and he he ran uh, this raw food website called welikeitraw.com, um, which is basically one of the top raw food um, blogging websites um, out there. Generally, we do a lot of events cent- centralized in the New York City area, um, but pe- we have people that um, that check out our site from all over the world. Um, so I met Drew, and, and we decided to uh, – he had been doing the website for a while, and we decided to put together a team with – so Drew Mill and, and Anthony Anderson, who's, who's the raw model – um, himself and us three, we kind of just got together and started doing some events and planning. And, you know, I, I write on there usually every Thursday or Friday. Um, there's an article. And then as as a, as a sort of a sister company to that, Dramil started GiveItToMeRaw.com, which is basically the Facebook or MySpace of the raw food community. Um, it's very easy and intuitive to use and sort of the ambassador on there. We kind of welcome new people and get things going. It's basically an opportunity to bring community together. When I started Raw, I didn't even know one person that was a vegetarian. And I didn't have any support 
Um, in Connecticut, there was nothing going on. So I had to like surround myself with books and knowledge and kind of just fed myself and took some responsibility myself. But now things are changing at such a, an amazing rate and it's becoming more and more popular and there's more community that's being generated around this type of thing. People are able to connect and find people that live in the same area as them and so they actually be able to have friends and kind of get together and, and do potlucks and do different events and do different things. And so that's sort of what we're one of our uh, intentions is is to bring the best information to people, develop this this great kind of community, along with my website, the Loving Raw website, which which I do my own blogging on my own journeys and travels and revelations that I've had in my life and YouTube videos and and uh, and such. Well, revelations are always good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with Philip McCluskey in a moment. Hi, and welcome back to Rockin' Radio. This segment of Rockin' Radio is brought to you by Raw Spirit Festival. Come discover ancient wisdom and the latest findings from the greatest minds in healthy echo living. Uh, you can find the link on rockinradio.com. This segment of Rockin' Radio is also brought to you by R.B. Robinson's Speak Your Way to Wealth. Whether you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or a service professional, and even if you have zero speaking skills, you can make a living every time you open your mouth, even if you've never spoken in public before. You can become an expert in your field. People will get to know you. You can build your database. And speaking also leverages your time so you can double, triple, and quadruple your income with less effort. How do I know? I attended this conference two years ago. This year I will be presenting there. Please join us. You can find the link to Speak Your Way to Wealth on rockinradio.com. My guest today, raw food coach, motivational speaker, and writer, Philip McCluskey. Now, I met Philip on Twitter. Twitter.com. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a very interesting site, but I found it to be very different than I thought it would be. Because mm. I went on there and I put in the little search box, uh, raw food. Mm-hmm. That's all I put. And I found a lot of people who I never connected with before, you being one. And uh, how long have you been on there? I think I've been on Twitter not too long, maybe about five months possibly. Okay. And uh, you know, I'd been on so many other applications. I I think I update about a dozen different websites, and and I was just like, oh no, not another one. <laughs> and and I know some people I'd updated that website a dozen times a day. Uh-huh. Um, some people did it once every other day. And I said, so uh, you know, I figured I'd I'd give it a shot, and uh, I've been on there ever since. Oh, I found it quite a while ago, but I you know I didn't. I don't think I ever looked at who was on it or anything, and I just thought like. What are you doing now? Why would anybody care? <laughs> but it's good because I've I've connected with a lot of people. So Twitter.com, T-W-I-T-T-E-R.com. I don't know why I'm pushing them, but there's a lot of connections there. Uh, now, people are – are, I, I didn't say that. One, two, three. I know people who are committed to raw only because they want to – eliminate excess weight. I don't say lose weight because when people lose something, they tend to go and find it. So for me, it's like eliminate it, get it out of your life. And one of their fears is flabby skin. Now I'm looking at this guy. This guy is not flabby. He looked wonderful. Did you have a problem with flabby skin at all? I mean, 200 pounds in two years, a lot of weight. Sure. Um, that's probably one of the, the, the best questions that nobody asks. So I'm glad you asked it. Um, there definitely is um, truth to that. And and what happens, like, for example, I know some people that have gone on 
had a gastric bypass surgery and lost 150 pounds in three months. And, you know, the skin under their arm, for example, will hang down six inches, you know, or their stomach will even hang down like, you know, they call it a, um, they call it a curtain is the word that they use for it. And their stomach will hang down like six, seven inches below their belt. And I think because of working with raw foods and, and transitioning in such a slow, moderate pace, even 200, 200 pounds in two years is is pretty fast. But in general, compared to something like that, it's very slow. It's very healthy. Uh, I'm young. I, I take a lot of uh, MSM. I do a lot of skin brushing. And I really try to keep um, myself as juicy as possible, doing you know um, um, green juices, doing smoothies. I got into doing smoothies every single day. Um, I would do it for breakfast and lunch. And so I was always keeping myself very um, very filled up with water and just really going through the process and, and of course incorporating exercise into that that I felt that it was it was it was going to be a great, much more better experience than if I was to do um, a gastric bypass. Is, is everything perfect? You know, do, do I look like um, Brad Pitt? No, but that's okay. I'm not dying at the same time either. And, and I've switched to a life where I'm living. So I, on the other hand, I believe that anything is possible and that we're not limited by anything. So with exercise and, and positive uh, thinking and affirmations, um, I think that anything's possible. And, and, and I've talked to people who have known people that were 70 who went on raw foods and lost over 100 pounds and got themselves back into a shape where they didn't have any skin issues. Um, maybe a little bit around the, the stomach area, but overall, like, virtually unnoticeable. So I think it's just the attitude that you take with it. I think being 100% raw, if you're going to make a, a switch like that, is very important. I think keeping yourself really hydrated is important. And, of course, exercise um, and skin brushing is probably key. How about stretch marks? Well, I had stretch marks before I went raw. Um, anytime you take a, a frame that's meant to be 170 pounds and, and stretch it to 400 pounds, the skin stretches. Um, and then you're bringing it back, and there's really not so much that's making that change as far as just losing the weight. But I believe the quantity of the greens and some different things like that is what makes a difference. You know, I know that women, when they get pregnant, they'll do the whole coconut butter thing. And of course, I didn't do that. I was just eating at the time. I wasn't protecting my skin. But my skin is in improved dramatically just from taking MSM. Um, everything about everything about my skin, uh, different, you know, acne and some different things. Of course, I'm eating greens and stuff like that. But all that stuff had cleared up. And, you know, is there still some there? Yeah. But is it is it anywhere near what it used to be? Like nowhere near. Like my body is my body is literally changed. Uh, you know, they say we get a, a new body every seven years. And and so I just believe that anything's possible and that we can just transform ourselves. So, you know, it, I'm still working on it, but uh, it's it's a far cry from what it would be or what I've seen on other people that have, have gone different ways about losing the weight and, you know, through surgery and such. Philip, do you ever eat superfoods? Is that like a major component in your food program? Um, I love superfoods. And I just take everything moderately, though. I, I love goji berries. You know, I, I like the different, you know, I love the different algaes and the E3 Live and some different things like that and mesquite and maca. Um, you know, I'll put some of that stuff in my, in my juices. But, you know, overall, I'm really into greens. 
So I'll do green smoothies, green juices, uh, you know, lettuce all the time, different kinds of greens. I switch it up. Some days it'll be kale. Some days it'll be spinach. Some days it'll be Swiss chard. And uh, I just like to keep a variety going. I like to get the nutrients from each and every different thing. Um, you know, and of course, I'm trying to catch things that are in season as well. But uh, superfoods, I didn't do them in the beginning. I probably started after about a year. And, um, and then after a year, I started to get an appreciation from appreciation for them. Actually, the first time I tried goji berries, I thought they were disgusting. And then uh, later on in life, I, uh, I, I found that I loved them. So, um, I, you know, I have a healthy appreciation for all of it. Now, you just told me about your schedule, which is uh, daunting. <laughs> daunting to hear that. How do you stay raw when you travel? Raw and, tr- you know, I know a lot of people have had a hard time with this, and, and I find it pretty easy because there's a grocery store literally in every town. I mean, you might not find the, you know, something that just got pulled out of the garden that morning. You might not be able to find something organic all the time. Usually, if you do a little research, you can. Um, I use a couple different websites online. I think one of them's Happy Cow. And they always tell me when, whenever I'm going into a particular area, I can research out and find out which stores are going to be in that area and which stores have um, organic food in it. And I just, you know, I'll just attend those or check out farmer's markets, especially now that I'm in California here. It seems like there's a farmer's market everywhere, um, which is which is well appreciated. But um, some of the places that I go to, uh, you're lucky to find organic anything. And um, so I just keep an eye out and kind of plan ahead a little bit. And just go with the flow. And uh, if if I need to just have uh, you know apples one day and I can't find anything, I'm all right with that too. Do you travel by air? Or do you eat the food? Oh, uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing that comes out in the airplane pretty much goes in my mouth. Um, you know, occasionally I've had some of the water, but you know when I when I just ran out and really was thirsty. But I, I kind of pack something up with me. I I keep a lot of. Um, really good hydrating foods. Like I, when I came over here, I brought uh, cucumbers with me on on board, and sprouts, and um, I think I did actually have goji berries, and you know, and, and I just had that, and you know, it's only five hours, six hours, so you know, even if I had nothing, I'd be fine. But uh, I like to keep hydrated. Okay, we've only got thirty seconds, but I'm I'm going to take go a little longer on this because you mentioned Connecticut, and. I've read from a lot of people who live in colder areas that it's hard for them to stay raw in the cold. What do you suggest real quick? Well, one of the things that I always, you know, I've had that question a lot. And they say, you know, I want something warm. I want something warm. And and I don't know if this is just my mentality around it or not, but the way I feel is we put so much responsibility on food. You know, some people, you know, we're emotional eaters generally. And, and when we're sad, we eat. When we're depressed, we eat. When we're, you know, unhappy, we eat. And so then we also take that to this paradigm and say, well, we're cold. I want some hot soup. I want some hot food. And like I believe that that the food's there to nourish us. It's, you know, if you're cold, put a sweater on. And and so I, I kind of just keep everything simple. I've never had an issue being in a cold climate without having the food. And I just kind of realize what it's really there for. It's to nourish our body and make us feel good. And um, and all the rest, you know, could be a mind game in a sense. And, and uh, I just bundle up. I agree. It, 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 that's one of the most intelligent statements I've ever heard from anybody. Um, for me, it's like get out and move, yeah. put some more clothing on, uh-huh. turn the heat up, or get, jump in a hot bath. Sure. 
You know, you have choices, and I, I don't think food is there to warm you so much as, you know, they, they call it comfort food. So I think a lot of it is emotional. Yeah. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's great to have somebody in the studio with me. Uh, hold on. If you would like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at spillyourbeans at rockandradio.com. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity saying, remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now.